Welcome to Woke and Confused, the podcast delving into the environmental dilemmas of our time. We're your hosts, Livy Drake and Jessica Farrow. We give you the lowdown to the breakdown, the cure to the chaos, the thumbbergs to the melting icebergs. We'll help you navigate your daily decisions so you can feel empowered to make positive change. This is where it's Attenborough. You won't regret it. <laughs> This week's episode is about a tricky topic. Should we be having kids in a climate crisis? We explore our own views on the topic and speak to a couple who have joined the birth strike movement. But first... Dilemmas. Ah, so dilemmas this time. Well, seeing as we're on this topic, this is actually a super personal topic and it's a tricky one um, because I do... I do really want to have kids. I've always wanted to have kids. But I have to say that some of the predictions about the future and climate and ecological breakdown and the rising sea levels and all the declining populations of animals and biodiversity, I have to say, it does make me pretty worried about whether that's the kind of world that I'd want to be bringing a child into. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to have children, which is lucky um, that I don't have to have the di- that dilemma. But my dilemma is when my friends or my sisters say they're having children and I just want I genuinely want to be happy for them. But there's this also sinking feeling of, you know, and, and not, I'm not sure what to say. Like, should I say, oh, but what about the future that they're going to exist in? And oh, oh, is that good? You know, what does the world hold for them? So I feel a real dilemma about wanting to be happy and not. So being, yeah, kind of conflicted. Because also, you know, the birth of a child is such a joyful occasion. It's so happy and it's 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 always... it It's um, my brother and his girlfriend had a baby earlier this year and it's my first niece and she's absolutely amazing and I love her and she's such a gorgeous little human being and we're... I just feel so lucky and privileged that she's in our family. And it's so, so lovely also to see the impact of her being born has had on our whole family and just how it brings so much joy to my parents and my sister and 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 her, her other grandparents. And it's just so lovely to bring families together. So it seems just a shame that we have to be thinking about this future, that I do worry for her future. And I do worry about when she's old enough to ask me, you know what's going on and why you know with the climate because by the time she's i don't know 10 like 10 years from now it's gonna be 2030 the world's gonna be looking pretty pretty different than it is now mm. and i already know that 18 to 25 year olds right now 40 percent of them are suffering from eco-anxiety and i met a woman uh recently at work the other day and she said that she her nine-year-old daughter has been referred to a counselor because she's worried about climate change yeah mm. and um that's why we're seeing more and more youth strikes and the kids. I've, and I read it in the newspaper as well that it's really helping kids to be uh, responding to their eco-anxiety is by joining activist movements and the youth strikes. It's really helping them. So, I mean, things might be quite different in 10 years, but I do feel there is there is a lot of work to do. It's not just us that feel conflicted about this topic. We've had lots of listeners get in contact with us and ask us these questions. And I get lots of my friends asking me this. One of my housemates, she said that she's now thinking, should she have children or not? So it's, it is a big, big issue. I think it is. And, and I definitely think particularly because we're both in our 30s, it's that kind of time of life when lots of our friends are deciding to have families or not. And it's 
it's conversations happening all around and this seems to be the really big topic. So we thought it'd be really good to focus on that today. And so as part of that, um, I went and interviewed Jessica and Adam, who are a couple, and they felt so strongly about um, having children or not having children because of the ecological crisis that they actually joined the birth strike movement. And so the birth strike movement is this movement where people have said they're not going to have children. And there's around um, 900 people who've signed up to the Facebook group in the UK and over 500 people have taken the pledge so let's hear from them a bit more about it. My name's Adam. And my name is Jessica. My day job is I'm a bookseller and a writer. And with my partner, Adam, we're, we're married. We've been together for seven, eight years now, I think. And we joined the birth strike movement earlier on in 2019, quite soon after it was started by Life Lupino at the beginning of 2019. What's birth strike all about? Birth strike is a campaign group. It's a group of people from all over the world who feel unable to have biological children due to government inaction, really, in the face of really severe and imminent climate and ecological breakdown. Mm -hmm. what, what that means in practical terms is that we are making a story that is very personal and very private public because, at least in our case, we feel that this is one of many ways in which to try and wake people up to the mm -hmm. severity of the crisis because we are as a society living in, in disavowal, if not denial. There are kind of, there are, there are different ways that people come to understand how serious things are. And I think, I think for some people, learning that there's a group of people who would like to have children, but feel that the world's going to be an uninhabitable place for these kids um, might strike a chord with them. So that's one of the reasons why we're both part of this movement. And how did you find out about it? So we've both been involved with Extinction Rebellion uh, since November 2018, mm -hmm. uh, which is quite soon after the rebellion was declared on 31st of October in the UK. Um, and it was actually whilst I was doing social media for our local Extinction Rebellion group that I came across. When Blythe started birth strike there was quite a lot of media attention and it, it was through that that I learned about the movement and I felt a, a sense of recognition and a sense that I was a little bit less alone and then we got in touch with life and, and we joined the movement that way. Previous to that as a couple had you had conversations about bringing children into the world with such a difficult situation ahead of us? I don't think so no so basically we'd I'm denied a lot about whether to have kids just for a lot of different reasons, like whether we felt we were ready financially, emotionally, a sort of general sense of whether the world was a good place to bring kids into. But we basically decided that this is something that we wanted to do, that we wanted to start a family. And then the IPCC report, the conclusions that were drawn from that and the kind of future that that predicts that we're going, that we're moving towards made us realise that it's, we just don't feel like we can risk bringing children into that scenario. So yeah, it became it became very real for us when that particular report came out. Previous to that, you hadn't thought 
oh, we shouldn't have children because of population control or the environmental footprint of children? No, and and I would say that that is still not the case. So for us, the reason that we're not having children isn't because of that potential, that hypothetical child's carbon footprint, and it's definitely not because of population control. Um, I believe very firmly that we are so close to irreversible climate collapse that it doesn't actually matter how many children people have or whether they have children or not. Uh, what we yeah. need is a huge systemic change we mm. and transform our, our economies um, and the way that society is structured in that way. Um, so what we're trying to do by saying that we're too scared to have children is, is one of many ways in, victor, in which to affect change. But it's mm. not about um, the actual carbon footprint of one or, or two children, which is why this is very non-judgmental um mm. this is not about saying to other people you shouldn't have children that's a very personal choice and i think people can be active in this and and can try and affect change regardless of whether they have children or not it's it's really a very personal choice what has the reaction of your um, family and friends been when you've said this yeah it's it's been it's been quite difficult to bring up with family and friends really because it is it is a very personal thing even among people that you know very well so it's quite difficult to talk about um it's really tough because this feels like the time this this is the time of life when a lot of our friends are deciding that they want to have kids when we're getting uh text messages with pictures of ultrasound scans it's really tough because there, there is still a reflexive part of you that is really happy for them but also I just, I get really worried. I worry about the kind of world that that child's going to grow up in. And it feels like a lot of our friends just don't believe that that kind of world's going to come about. And that's and that's really tough because it leads to some incredibly difficult conversations. So what I would say as well is that, I mean, I mentioned disavowal earlier. I think both Adam and I, for years, just as a lot of other people have been aware that there is climate change that there is global warming and that where we we are in trouble um but there's a difference between being mentally and intellectually aware of that and actually uh, feeling it as a lived experience that that has an impact on on your life and the life of the people that you love that it we're not talking about a hundred years in the future we're talking about serious societal collapse within our lifetime mm. so when people that I care about tell me that, oh, I'm pregnant or we are planning to have a child next year, it's incredibly conflicted because part of me is still in that world where I would like everything to be okay. So so part of me is really happy for them. Part of me is actually quite jealous <laughs> um, and just thinking that, oh gosh, I would just like to be proved wrong. I would just like to believe that it will be okay and I would like to have a child with Adam um but I but then I go back to what I know and the research that I've done and the very very clear science that is out there and I just it's like there's a wall between those two worldviews it's first strike delivering the impact that you're hoping to. It's, it's difficult to gauge that kind of impact um I suppose when 
Um, Prince Harry and Meghan made the announcement that they were only going to have two children uh, in order to reduce their carbon footprint. Then birth strikes suddenly uh, got a lot of attention because people wanted to understand mm-hmm. birth strikes' response to that. Um, so I guess I guess it's it's coming into the public eye a bit more. And I I think similar thought we said at the start, like the idea is that it's hopefully this this kind of story of people who would like to have children but feel like they can't re- will resonate with people and will make them understand that that this this is a serious situation which is affecting people's people's decisions and yeah their, their choices and that will bring them on board and hopefully encourage them to get involved more actively um in terms of pressuring government to implement the changes that we need to see I would say as well that it's really difficult to say what, which movement or which group of people has had an impact because it's effort. So we've, we've seen that all of a sudden after the protests in April in London, this was being talked about on national television in a different way. Um, and this mm. is the result of a lot of different people and a lot of different groups. And, and what I would hope is that this becomes this is an increasing way of working together um, and that people who really want things to change can work together, that it's not separate groups working each in their own um, corner, but that it's um, it becomes one huge movement almost. If things did change, would you then consider having children again? I would love to. <laughs> I walk around with a very strong just wish for things to change constantly and it is a very strange feeling because what I'm the message and the story that I'm trying to tell is a story that I would love to be proven wrong. And mm. I, I don't want that to happen. The, the best thing that could happen would be um, for things to not be that bad, basically. Um, so, so I would love that would be the best outcome if things changed enough for me to feel safe having a child. Um, uh, I would say that the reason personally for me to, for being in Birthstrike is um, there are two reasons. And one of them is literally being too afraid of the situation that we're facing in terms of the, um, the climate collapse that we'll be seeing, the um, food shortages, the water scarcities, uh, the societal collapse and the conflicts that we'll be seeing as a result of that and what kind of environment that is for a person to have a child and to keep that child safe. Uh, So that's something that I'm just personally afraid of. The other reason is what do you put your time into? Because if we had a child now, we wouldn't be able to be activists to the extent that we are being at the moment and to put time and energy into this. So in terms of that, there is a, there is a time, um, there is a biological clock ticking. I'm, I'm 34, so even if things did change in 10 years' time, um, that, that would be too late for me, I feel, to have a biological child. So even though I would love to, the, the short answer is it's not very likely. Have you considered fostering or how would that fit with your current view of the world? Yeah, we've considered adopting. I think the difference with that in terms of why that feels possibly okay is that that's 
that's someone who's already in the world. That's someone who's going to experience the world as, as things go from bad to worse. Um, and so that person is going to need uh, a family to, to look after them. Uh, it doesn't mean it's not going to still be incredibly painful uh, because I think, I think it will be. But yeah, we, we, have, we have considered um, adopting. I've been reading about it. It's, it's a difficult process. It's definitely, yeah. not, definitely not as easy as just having a biological child but yeah again as, as as we as we said we're not we're not against like we like kids we're not against kids like we would love to have our own fostering and adoption is something that we're looking into it's still that like my second reason as i mentioned earlier though is, is to do with time and priorities so i mean even if um having an adopted child is is your child and you you would give it the time and the energy and the love that you would a biological child, which we don't really feel is possible right now because we feel like we have to do everything we can to to try and turn things around and to try and um, and be part of the change. Part of that involves civil disobedience and being arrested as well, and that's that's another reason why adoption might be tricky because having a criminal record. Um, even if even if the crime has been in service of trying to create a future in which a child will be able to flourish is going to go against you. So that's mm. that's to consider. So if if people sort of really resonate with what you're saying, what would you recommend to them to do? I would, well, I would have a, a good think about what positive action means because I think that's absolutely key uh, this this isn't even though telling the story and being amongst people that understand the grief and the sorrow of it is really important it, this is also about positive action primarily so uh, before maybe before signing the declaration I would also have a think about how to get involved. Um, and not only be part of a, an online community, but actually seek out real people in, in your community, people who are engaged with climate activism and, and try to be part of whatever network you feel you feel like you can belong to. Mm. Like just signing a declaration and saying we're not going to have kids is, isn't going to do it. Um, it's got to be, as Jess said, about taking a positive action. Wow, that was such a moving and honest interview. Um, I just want to say thanks to Jessica and Adam for being so open to sharing their views on the birthright movement. It was really helpful for them to explain more about why they've made that decision. Um, so yeah, thanks so much to both of them. Uh, I think it'd be really good now to just think about some of the, the kind of delve into some of that discussion. And before we do, I just wanted to say that having having kids is obviously a completely personal decision. It is something that you can make for yourself. It's not up to anyone else to make that decision. We are going to explore some of those issues. So if you have a kid already, don't feel bad. <laughs> but also, if you're thinking about it, just remember, a kid is for life. Not, not just, just for, for Christmas. Christmas. I was shaking, but not joking um but yeah really it's it's a decision that is going to change somebody's life your life their life so it's not a decision to be taken on lightly and now these days lots of people 
the good thing is that we're having these discussions and it's not seen as imperative that people have families like in the past it had been. No, and I think that's an amazing thing. So even a few years ago, when I said to my parents I didn't want to have kids, they were really upset and they really questioned it. And when you say to people as a woman that you don't want to have children, they think there's something wrong with you, like you don't have any emotions. But for me, I've made that decision because I want to use my nurturing like love to dedicate it to mother nature and that's what I've made that decision because I just don't have that biological desire and I don't think that people have to have children anymore whereas before it was expected so it's a you know amazing time to be living in to be able to make those choices totally see I think I probably do have more of that biological desire but then I suppose I meet certain people's kids and then (laughs) (laughs) they don't give me that biological desire they kind of actually put me off (laughs) some people's kids or like when you're in a cafe and you just hear like a screaming toddler it's just like oh god well i mean that we could could do a whole thing on how to parent because suddenly everyone could be a backseat parent oh well that's true yeah but i guess the point yeah so let's get into some of these let's get into some of these things so well uh, can i start yeah yeah you go for it so one of the things i think is quite interesting that people always say is um If you're going to have children now, that's fine, but just have less of them. So back in the day, I don't know, when I was growing up, you know, most, I think so many people just had like, you know, three children plus. Yeah, I'm one of three. Yeah, I'm one of three. And that was just normal. So the new norm should be one or two children, which seems fair enough. But what makes me laugh is when some of the um, sort of the woke people say, well, we need to have kids like it's no good if all the woke people stop having kids because then there'll be no woke kids left in the world and the world will be um, run by people who don't care and don't care about the environment. And I sometimes find that one a bit righteous and a bit like, look, if you want to have kids and you enjoy procreating, then that's your thing. Stop saying you're trying to save the world by having children. (laughs) Hard. You're a hard judge <laughs> Libby, i i reckon my kids uh my kids would be really like eco warriors they'll just be like yeah my kids be cool so i i kind of think that it would maybe hopefully help the world yeah don't just say it because you think they're going to keep the podcast going that's not a good argument <laughs> yeah train them up <laughs> that'd be good yeah no i think i think you know i i get what you're saying but th- th- there is some kind of a point there that we do like as people as parents do need to teach their children uh, good values around like how to look after the planet and it is good to see that there is this new generation of kids that seem to be getting that even if their parents don't so yeah <laughs> that's kind of david attebra the kids of the future anyway yeah exactly um so the other thing that people will say about having kids or not is um that it has a massive carbon footprint and i suppose this is a this is a quite flawed argument as well i'd say because yes while maybe if you live a high carbon lifestyle like Megan and Harry, if they have a, a a third kid, then it would have a huge impact on the planet. But actually what we need to be thinking about is our lifestyles. So if if I was to have a kid and live a low impact life off grid, then it would have a lesser of an impact. And I'm sure lots of people are making that those decisions exactly because they want to have their kids to have a lower impact carbon impact so it totally depends on the lifestyle basically it's not a given that your kid would have a huge carbon impact that is up to lifestyle choice and i think that also feeds into the population argument because but lots of people say oh the issue with the environment is population we need to control the population but actually in the global south where people have a lot more children 
they all have the whole family, the whole, you know, they have a significantly smaller carbon footprint. So actually controlling the population and telling everybody around the world they can only have one child is not solving the problem because the carbon footprint is for the global north where we have high carbon footprints. So we need to look at ourselves and sort our own carbon footprint out before we tell people in other countries that they shouldn't be having children because there's too many of them. Absolutely. We shouldn't, well, we shouldn't be telling anyone to have less children. You definitely venture into some sketchy territory around uh, population eugenics. control, eugenics and yeah. Yeah, some very unsavory areas. And I think that's, um, you know, we definitely should be looking to reduce the impact of our lifestyles, which is what we're trying to do with this podcast, with all the things we're trying to do. So I think that is, um, yeah, we need to get down to more like the footprint of the people on the global south. We need to be learning from them about how yeah, they live exactly. their lives. And the point is there is that that is the argument that the birth strike is so keen to to distance themselves from because people frequently misunderstand their motives. They think the birth strike movement is about population control. And as Jessica said in the interview, it's definitely not. It's more about the state of the world that they're worried about bringing their kid into. So it's really important to remember that. So... The other thing is, maybe we're just massively overthinking this. Maybe we are, as humans, born to procreate and do certain other things like eat and procreate and kind of live in the moment as our ancestors or cave-dwelling ancestors, homo sapiens, would have done. Do you mean we're just animals? Like well, on the Discovery Channel? Exactly. Maybe. Maybe we're just getting way too up in our heads about this and we're thinking about climate crisis and we've got all this science and we've got all these we've got all these stories about the future and what we think it's going to be like. But maybe maybe that will happen. Maybe it won't. And maybe we just need to live in the moment. Honor our biology and get down (laughs) and get into it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe maybe like maybe it's not that helpful for us to, to worry about all these imminent threats. I mean, People said that there's always been Im- imminent threats. There's always been the... When my parents were growing up, it was the worry of the Cold War. Yeah, before that, First World War, Second World War. And this is another thing. We're wired for survival. So these are the things we worried we worry about. And this is why eco-anxiety exists, because we are hardwired for survival, which is also why we procreate for survival. So we're confusing a lot of our um, basic needs here. Yeah, because we get this threat. So actually, maybe that makes us want to have kids more because we have this desire to procreate. Maybe that's what it is (laughs) before the end of the world. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But I mean, of course, there are so many people around the world who are currently living in a state of, of insecurity and there's people we are just very fortunate in the west that we've had this incredibly stable number of decades since the last world war where we felt like everything is laid out and we've got this certain future that we can hang our hopes on and we can have an understanding of what it'll look like in the future but that's kind of a bit of an illusion because it's only been like that for such a small fraction of human existence and i'd say if we look back to our ancestors and people before they would have had loads of uncertainties. I mean, people were dying of of like plague and um, measles. measles and all these other kind of diseases that when they were bringing a child into the world, they were just hoping it would survive at all. And that's a really interesting thing, actually, in terms of um, people having children is in lots of cultures um, and a lots of reasons that people have children was they had lots of children because they didn't think that they would all survive. Mm. 
So we are in a very different place and we're in a very privileged position to be even to be making any decisions and having the choice, you know, about choosing not to and be able to use um, contraception and all these things. So Exactly. So I think sometimes, uh, yeah, we just have to remember that we're in this very privileged position. We did check ourselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think one of the things about this sort of like getting all up in our head and should we make this decision, should we not? Um, I was at this talk by Carolyn Hickman and one of the things that she said was, it's just a decision. If you decide to have children, then you've decided to have children. If you decide not to have children, you decided not to have children. You're not a bad person. You're not a good person. It's just a decision. But you, if you are deciding to have children, then you need to be prepared to bring them up to be emotionally resilient for the challenges ahead. And I think that was that's a really good point to get to. And I think that's kind of a good way of sort of summing this up, that it is about personal choice if we can make it and it's OK whichever way you choose. Yeah, definitely. And I, I'm really looking forward to to my niece growing up and and, and, and talking to her about stuff because we the world that she's growing up in is is different to the one that I grew up in. And I'm really looking forward to helping her. So. What's great about this is that we're having this conversation. Exactly, so yeah. it's it's like having have the the fact that this has come up and that people are worrying about this is opening up the door to have these really difficult conversations and with your partners, with your family, with your friends. And I'm hearing these conversations happening more and more, which I think is just giving people way more ownership of their own future. Because I think a lot of people in the past probably had kids, even though they don't really want them. And I think also what this is opening up is it's opening up the environmental debate to people who wouldn't have had it before. So I know people are taking these conversations to their family and to their parents and saying, I'm not prepared to have children because the environmental crisis is so bad. And their parents saying, it's that bad that you don't want to have children. Oh, OK. And then these parents are going off and joining XR with their children. You know, so it's it's. It's taking a conversation where people who don't care about icebergs and polar bears and these things, because they're far away from, they don't matter. But the thought that they're not going to have grandchildren, like, oh, this has hit their backyard now. And I think that's very powerful. And I think that's where the birth strike movement may not, you know, stop things happening, but it's taking a conversation. It's an amazing form of protest. Yeah, totally agree. So hats off to everyone who's, who's, who's joined the birth strike movement and is pushing that conversation forward in a way that we've never seen before. So I suppose in terms of um, rounding it up, I, again, just want to emphasize it's your own decision and uh, we're all allowed the lovely luxury of changing our mind. Not after it's born though. Not after it's born, but until you make that decision, I mean, things might happen in the next few years, in the next five, 10 years that give us a lot more hope that the future is going to be better and that we're going to have a much brighter future. And I think there are so many things that do happen all the time. And I look around and I see things like Greta and the school strikes. It gives me so much hope. And the Pope, he um, stood out and said, ecocide needs to be taken seriously, which is amazing. I did also write to him in October. So maybe it's my letter that so did the trick. So cool. So it was you, Livy. Yeah, it's all me. And then, uh, you know, like the Channel, Channel 4 had a climate leaders election debate and they put melting ice sculptures in the, in the place of the uh, Conservative Party and the Brexit Party <laughs> didn't turn up, which I thought was brilliant. brilliant. Um, so, yeah, the, the, we'd never have seen these things happening a year ago. So things are moving incredibly quickly. And um, yeah, who knows what's going to happen? 
And I think if you are having children and you've already got children, we've been asked by quite a few of our listeners for an episode on sustainable parenting. The problem is, Jess and I, neither of us have children um, so we need some help and we need some tips. So if you've got some good tips of how you've reduced your carbon footprint, how you've reduced the waste of all those nappies, then please send them in so we can do this episode. Um, and if maybe someone wants to come and um, do an interview with us, we could arrange that. So it's woke and confused HQ at gmail.com. Yeah. So woke and confused HQ at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you with all your sustainable parenting tips. Well, I think that's it now. Um, off to procreate, Jess? <laughs> <laughs> Not just yet. Not just yet. But, you know, who knows? We'll see. Watch this space. <laughs> we'll see. But anyway, um, yeah, have a great day and we'll just see you guys soon. Catch you later. Shall I say ideally five star, please? If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we'd really, really love it if you could go over to iTunes and give us a star rating and a review. And ideally, could it be four stars or above? I yeah. mean, maybe five stars. Five That'd stars, be nice. Five stars would be great. But basically, it really helps us to get more listeners and to get more people listening to Woke and Confused. So we really, really appreciate if you do that. Thank you. And I just want to give a big shout out uh, to one of our listeners um, who I met the other day, Katie Owens. Um, she is really passionate. She really wants to inspire change in her workplaces. And so she drops us an email and said, could we help her out with some of the dilemmas she thought her workplaces were facing? And I say workplaces because she's actually now moving on somewhere else now. And she invited me to meet some of her colleagues. And so I was able to go and do a consultation with them. And hopefully we're going to do some more work. And she's going to be going and telling these other workplaces that they should be doing something. So if you've got some workplace dilemmas, get in touch and we can hopefully give you some help. Awesome. Glad that worked out well. Thanks for getting in touch, Katie. La 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 la.